Welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. We've come to the classics, the Oaks and the Derby at Epsom. But a little spill back because May must have been the podcast best ever month, especially from the man that we like love to call TC, but potentially now the postman, always delivering, looking for a sixth straight nap, TC. What a wonderful weekend, a winning nap in Al-Sakib, and an SP of, of six to four, and um, the winning selection of the, the Sandy Lane as well, put up at nine to four and return at even money. Um, also, the TC putting up um, Cairo, who finished a brilliant second at 14 to 1 in the Irish 2000 Guineas. We all got that race a little bit wrong in the end, didn't we? Um, not sure what happened to Royal Scotsman, but Paddington was one that won that Irish 2000 Guineas. And uh, Ross and TC were both very keen on Little Big Bear um, and uh, yeah, won that Sandy Lane in, in very good style. Does that bode well for the Aidan O'Brien team in terms of this weekend? That's going to be quite a, an interesting focus. Little Big Bear bounce back out of the um, UK 2000 Guineas um, from that disappointment. Can August Rod- Rodin, Rodin uh, do the same in the Derby, um, which comes up on Saturday a bit earlier at 1.30? Um, now, Ross, I'll come to you first because I don't know what your love affair or is there a affair at all with the derby has been over the years is it a race that's, uh, that's done you well in terms of a betting perspective is it a race that you grew up loving because i don't know if this is one of the vintage ones i don't think this is the one you're going to tell your children about but it does have a few storylines how does it compare to some of the better, better ones yes it's a race i've i've dipped in and out of in my early years i mean generous winning it in 1990 1991 it is the first time i can remember learning a horse's pedigree out of a mare called Doff the Derby. Um, so, yeah, it sort of has been a, a, a sort of presence in my in my life. I perhaps dibbed out in sort of my, my late 30s um, just last year. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I think it is an interesting race. And I'm very much in, in, in my national hunt. I've got a couple of national hunt mares. And I suppose, sadly, for the for the flat guys, a lot of the winners of the of, of the Derby become very relevant in in my sort of field in terms of becoming national hunt size. So yeah, it, it is a race I take an interest in. I'm not sure this is a a classic. Uh, I was just debating with TC before we logged on about whether it's competitive. I don't think it's a classic because I think there's a superstar in here. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a muddle, largely due to the fact that Augusta Rodin, who was the red hot favourite way through the winter, just bombed out big time in the, in the Guineas. Now. Uh, I saw an interesting stat on, on, on good old Twitter this week that 30 of the last 30 winners have either won or been placed in a recognised trial, including the guineas in that. Um, but Aidan O'Brien has got a habit of just writing the record books as he wants them to. Obviously, Little uh, little Big Bear bombed out badly in the, in the guineas as well, and he bounced back last week. But that, I think, is easy to explain. That was an injury. Um, I think there's there's less to explain there. The thing that concerns me about Auguste Ranan is that he, he got hampered. I, I get that. But so did Royal Scotsman, and he finished his race off. And you read the the, the, the stewards report, uh, Ryan Moore reported the horse never travelled having been hampered. The cynic in me wonders whether he's a bit soft. And if he is, scrimmaging round, <laughs> round Epsom down uh, Tattenham Corner is, is not going to be for him. Um, so at the prices, I think he's very easy to overlook for all that he could be the, the class horse in the field. Um, I've got huge respect for what Aidan O'Brien has, has done for the industry, done with his horses. But for me, he's easy to overlook. I can see the appeal of military order. I think he is the, the solid one. He's going to go on the ground. He's going to stay. Um, 
Charlie Appleby strike rate is not great recently. 10 percent uh, at the moment. Six uh, favourites beaten in the last 14 days. Three of those are odds on, um, compared to a 29 percent strike rate normally. I think it's always always important when you're saying someone's got a low strike rate to actually compare it to what you would usually expect them to have. He's 29 percent throughout his career. Um, I think military order is solid, but that would put me off at a short enough price. I don't particularly like the Dante form. Um, I didn't like how the Foxes hung very badly right in the closing stages. Um, the camera of Epson um, up that hill. And it's important to notice that there's, yes, it's a stiff finish, but they're also running on a camera as well. I just worry about that for him. White Birch finished really well, but he was under the pump from a long way out. And I think you're going to want to travel in a in a derby um, and passenger is probably the interesting one that was the talking one coming out of the Dante in that he got very badly hampered but watching it back and I'm just not certain he was absolutely screaming out for another two furlongs because given that Richard Kingscott was hanging on to him because he had nowhere to go you would then expect the finishing effort to be really strong and often you can get caught out and think a horse has finished really well and once further, but actually it finished really well because it's not used up much petrol because it's been stuck for stuck for space. So I can overlook him. Arrest, uh, I just think he might just want soft ground. He was impressive in the chest of ours, um, but there's an inkling he's got quite a big action. He wants soft ground. For all that plenty in his family went on good and good to firm. So I've taken two at a price. I thought Dubai Mile, um, I thought has just been completely overlooked. I think the Guineas is pretty decent form. Um, he was outpaced, but he stuck on really well. Uh, the Yard have been keen on this. I think the Guineas was very much a, a prep for this. I don't think he had any aspiration to, to winning the Guineas. Um, he's rated 114. So I think he's probably got two or three pounds to find to, to be there or thereabouts. I don't think he's going to need a big number to win, to win this. Um, I think the extra trip's going to help him. Um, he stayed 10 furlongs in the Grand Couturium, beating a rest on heavy ground. So I think stamina for all that it's not absolutely there in in the pedigree. And Roaring Lion didn't get the mile and a half trip. Um, I think he's just at 14 to 1. He's, he's really, really solid. Uh, he's one on good to firm. Um, High Chaparral Dam should should put enough stamina in there. So I've got no concerns with that. So I'm pretty keen on him. And I've been keen on him since the, since the Guineas. I just think he... He went under the radar um, there because I think a lot happened in the Guineas. There was so much to talk about. Him sort of running a nice race into fifth wasn't particularly exciting. And then the other one, and, and this is a price thing really, is Wipiro. Um, he's only had three starts. He's got a length and a bit to fly in military order um, from, from the Lingfield Derby trial. Uh, military order was there on his, that was his fourth run. It was only Wipiro's third run. And he only made his debut late on in, in December of his two-year-old year. Um, the military order pulled away in the last sort of 100 yards. But I watched it a couple of times this morning and just half a furlong out, Rob Hornby switches hands and tries to organise him. And as he does so, Wipiro sort of drops underneath him and, and loses momentum, I think from greenness. Um, if that run has brought him forward with a bit of experience, Tom Marcond is, is flying. He's a, he's a superb jockey. Just the disparity in the price between military order and Wipero for, for a length in a recognised derby trial, I thought was 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 too much. And he'll definitely stay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wipero horse that I remember Ed Walker really really liked at la end of last year as a as a bit of a dark horse. Um, and he's he's really come into his own this year. It's ironic that wasn't Tom Mark one jocked off English King. 
of Ed Walker's for Frankie. And look at him now, a few years later, on Waipira as more of an outsider and under the radar. Um, and I think that's probably helped Ed Walker a little bit. There's a lot of pressure around English King and he just bombed out, didn't he? He just wasn't the horse that they wanted him to be. Drawn in 11. What 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 do we think about the draw nowadays? Because a lot of it, you know, there's been such a fuss made about it. And I remember when Adoyar won, it was like, how did he, he can't win from that draw. You can't win from one. You can't win from this this position. Desert Crown came out of 12. That was quite wide. Is there is there much to take from it anymore? Uh, I mean, TC would be way more qualified to, to comment on this than me. I looked at it and just thought it it's very hard to say what the pace is going to be here. There's there's very few in here that want to stretch, that have got class and want to stretch this to an absolute test. It would suit plenty if this turned into a bit of a sprint. So from 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 that end, I think where you're drawn might not matter so much because if you if you need to get a position, you might just be able to offer offer slowish early paces. Is, is a is a is, is my guess, and it is a, a bit of a guess because anything can happen. Well, I, I think the fact that Aidan O'Brien has, has chosen to leave in San Antonio, you'd have to think coming out of the stall, that's what that's where the pace is going to be. Dubai Mile, for what it's worth, must be the the bargain buy of the of the century to twenty thousand euros to get into the into the Derby. Hats off to the uh, Charlie Johnson team um, who buy all their own horses, and um, they've got a good record place record in the Derby. You know, I remember DXB running a massive race to finish second after running well in the guineas as well so i think there's there's lots to be said for that horse um a great case for him as well tom um look we were hot on desert crown last year we loved that horse couldn't be beaten we were right there's not a horse like this anymore in here um well there had never there hasn't been at all all year really for me after august Rodin's. um i still wasn't entirely sure convinced about him really i mean there was a lot of hype a lot of big words, uh, but, you know, you still have to sort of prove it, but there's no desert crown in here. Uh, Passenger has got that kind of profile, but he was never even supplement. He was never even entered in the race. And even though I'm going to talk about him as my selection, I, I worry that he never really showed to Michael Stout the qualities that desert crown did. So it's a, it's a bit of a puzzle. Um, how, have, how have you looked at it this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the derby, uh, but it's just not the best field, is it? And that coupled with a current bout of flu doesn't leave me overly excited at this stage. Um, let me just run through a, a few of them quickly. Passenger being the first, I think everyone hopes that Passenger is Desert Crown, and that's just not the case. Um, obviously, similar connections, similar profile, as you just touched on. But I'm very much in agreement with Ross. I don't really think he wants this trip. And actually, I think the eye was just drawn massively to Passenger in the Dante because of all the scrimmaging. Uh, everyone expected Passenger to be banged there at the finish, so people's eyes were fixated on him anyway. Um, the fact that then he, he got out in the clear and didn't really close out his race as well as I anticipated, uh, I think that's a big negative there. Arrest, again, agree with Ross, needs soft ground. Huge knee action. I don't think the track will cause him any problems, but um, yeah, I think conditions might. Spreewell won a really weak trial uh, at Leopardstown. The third home is a two-year-old that hasn't really developed into a three-year-old. And the second home isn't in any great shakes. That race dominated by prominent racers. Three well was up there from an early stage. I've seen a couple of people tip him this week and I don't like him at all. White Birch will have to pass the majority. That's very unlikely in a derby. Uh, and the Foxes, I don't think, will stay. So that's a, a brief on some of them, some of the horses in the second and third tiers. That kind of just leads August, uh, leaves August Rodin and uh, military order. Well, I, people are saying this is a really competitive derby and 
you know, the market suggests it is, but I really don't think it is. I think it's going to be dominated by the top two as they're the only, in my opinion, proper group one uh, caliber horses in this field on good ground. Uh, August Redan could be the classiest horse in the field uh, quite conceivably. He was very impressive in the birth and maturity last year, made up into a really nice two-year-old. And yes, he didn't really uh, show any kind of performance in the guineas. There were excuses, not as many as Little Big Bear, but I think people are too quick to, to scrub a line through a horse with one bad run. I think he's going to be banged there at the finish. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not writing him off at all, but I just prefer military order on the basis that he's a bigger price at this stage. Yes, Charlie Appleby's strike rate does concern me. Uh, but if you, it's interesting because if you look back at his statistics, every May over the last three, two or three years, he's had a down month. He's had a really good April, slightly down May, and then up again in June. Now, this May was particularly bad. Don't get me wrong. Much worse than pre- the previous two years. But still, I'm anticipating Appleby's horses to get better into June. And I know it's the start of June. Maybe I'm trying to find a clutch of straws here. But military order has everything else that screams Derby performer. Full brother to Adiyar, who won the race in 2021. He wouldn't have been suited by Lingfield, but still fended off wide Piero. He's a big horse, but looks agile, should handle the track. I just think he's probably the most likely winner. And at a bigger price than August Rodan, I'll take military order. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, I think you've, you've said it. Like the full brother to Adaya, who, who did who did this, who, who went under the radar. Military order is a lot more obvious than Adaya, isn't it? Isn't he? I think that Charlie Appleby question mark. You will we'll just we'll feel foolish to even question him, wouldn't we? Um, if he comes and has a a very good weekend and he's got plenty of runners over the course of the two days. Um, August Rodan, uh, look. I, I I I get that point about what that Ross made about him being potentially just that little bit soft. Well, who was it? The Bolshoi Ballet who ran in um, the Derby, and I think he was it. He clipped heels or got struck into or something, and that was all the excuses that they used for him. Um, so you've got to you've got to really want a horse to come back from whatever fright he got at the Guineas to have an even harder test here because it's not easy. Um, so let's see if he's still got um, the mental capacity for it. Uh, gosh, it's um, it's it is it's a tricky one. It's not exact. I I agree with both the guys T- uh, TC and Ross that it's that we've had better derbies. We will have better derbies, um, and it won't take. It's not going it, to. It wouldn't be su- surprising really if any of these throw up a good performance and it's worthwhile. And as we've seen in the past, I think Ross just quickly. How many years have we gone through now? Who you mile last year? All over, over the course of the years, we've seen like 150 to one runner-up Mojo Stars. So, does that make, mean the Derby is 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 it, they're all a bit of a much muchness, and the prices are inflated for poor reasons? Like that's that's that gives me more confidence to go for a bit of an outsider to to get it to run into a place. Yeah, I mean, I have no stat in front of me to back this up, but anecdotally as well, I I I think Derby runners are getting to the Derby with less experience as well, which has you know, when you're trying to when they're trying to form a market and we're trying to form an opinion, you're, you're working on less evidence. Um, now, I, I could be wildly wrong on that, but that's just certainly how it's felt to me the last last few years. I don't feel like I know these middle distance horses as well as I do the sort of the, the three year old sprinter milers. Yeah, and look, I think when you look at Dubai Miles sixteen to one, who was a Group One winner at two and a, and ran a good fifth in a in a, in a guineas, that's yeah, I'm nearly talking myself into that. Um, I, I thought just... I was really shrewd. I took 16 <laughs> to 1 pretty much after the guineas, thinking I was a real smarty. <laughs> and uh, I'm clearly, clearly not at all. <laughs> well, uh, look, look, let's see if this podcast comes out and that price gets slashed. 
Um, so to buy Mile um, and we'll pay for Ross, a military order for TC. I am going to go with the sort of unknown quantity of passenger because I just we just don't know how good he is. Whereas we could know how good some of the others are. And I like that mystery surrounding him. I like the fact that um, they have gone this brave route. And I think they have even had to supplement him for the Dante. They've had to supplement him for that. They're going to have to, they supplemented him for this. He's clearly showing, and Richard Kingscott, who yes, has had a few shockers of late, but he knows how to win the Derby now. He's sat on a Derby winner. And yes, he might not be Desert Crown, but this isn't as strong as Desert Crown's race. So I'm happy to go with Passenger um, to get a bit more, uh, get a bit of redemption after what happened last time out. And um, hopefully coming, even though we said the draw doesn't mean a huge amount, at least seven is quite a nice position for him to be in. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to take him, to, to side with him at a reasonably good price still at six to one, but I wouldn't want it to get any shorter because it is risky. Spruel, I love. I think he's a I'm, TC is going to disagree with me vehemently. He really, really doesn't like him. But I like the attitude of this horse. I like the fact that he has obviously improved massively from two to three, whereas some of these could have been very good two-year-olds who are hoping to cling on to that ads at this slight earliest stage in their three-year-old careers. This is a horse who's still developing for me. Um, and I don't know, and I don't think we've seen the best of him yet at all. And we obviously didn't until the beginning of the year um he's by churchill out of a red bat mare but he's got a lot of stamina on his downside and he wasn't stopping at Lapstown. yes it could have been a weak enough race um, but it's been a good indicator to this in the past and um again if you get 12 to 1 that's a that's all right for me completely um he's he's his value at that at that prize ways he could i just still think he's he's going forward whereas some of them just could be at their at their best um at present or we've already seen it so that's the derby um good enough look at it even though we don't think it's competitive i'm not sure how long we'll take to go through the oaks because if the derby isn't that competitive i personally don't believe the oaks is at all so um tc let's i'll, I'll start back with you first because this has been dominated by one filly and even though she obviously visually was very impressive and if you read every stat and numbers article you want to say the figures were brilliant and all of this is it that obvious do we need to spend a huge amount of time on it is there something that we can find that will beat save the last dance so she's as good as we're all saying she is i think she is as good as everyone hopes she is um before i go into the reasons behind that uh briefly aiden o'brien and john godson have won the last nine editions of the oaks between them it's just becoming a little bit embarrassing i think there's such a dominance between two uh, stables in this race. And again, we've got the same kind of situation. Aiden O'Brien trains the favourite. John and Thady Gosden have the second and the third in. And then you're looking at 14 to 1 bar. Like, it's not a very deep race. I think there are two good fillies in here, which is the one plus to this year's Oaks in Save the Last Dance and Soul Sister. I really don't like running out lying at this trip, I have to say. I like her as an individual, but I think she needs to be over 10 furlongs rather than uh, a mile four. Uh, and otherwise, it's a pretty miserable race. So the top two in the market should dominate. I'm very much with Save the Last Dance. She really wowed me at Chester. Um, she didn't beat the best field. And as I just said about Sproul, uh, maybe, you know, you can mark her down for that. But at the same time, she absolutely smashed them. She put in an incredible last three furlong split if you're a sectional person. Big tick in the box there. I love how she goes about her races. She looks super professional. She hit the line very powerfully. And she's only going to improve for better ground. 
Um, I don't see any negative behind Save the Last Dance, not even her price, because it's such a poor edition of the Oaks that she deserves to be around that price, if not shorter. So I'm very much with Save the Last Dance. And one last thing, just on Soul Sister. Yes, she was good uh, in the Musidora. This is a completely different race. Both of her victories have come uh, on flat tracks with long galloping home straights, Doncaster and York. Um, Epsom, sorry, is completely different to, to um, those two venues. She looks like a type that needs to get rolling. And then once she's rolling, she's in high gear and she stays in high gear. Maybe Frankie Latoya will get her in that high gear, but I think she's going to have to back run, save the last dance. I think Ryan's going to be much further forward in the race. And therefore, it just makes Soul Sister's task uh, extremely difficult. I'm very much with the favourite, Jess. Yeah, fine. Fair enough. And, look, and that's those stats about John Godston, John and Thady Godston um, and Aidan O'Brien are quite frightening. And last year, Tuesday one, beat Emily up John, who beat Nashua, who beat Constable. So it was, and, and that could happen this year. Um, we could really, it, it just, it. Yeah, uh, let's hope that there's good. We've got a good field, and there will be, and the horses can chuck their name into the ring as as you should do. But it's just difficult to see past very weak form, I think, in this race, and also that one thousand guineas where they finished in out in the washing. It was I, I I don't know how strong that was, bar the first two. But let's see, and I know Ross might have opinions about that as well. But Ross, um, will this be redemption for Daddy's little darling? Because 2015 was it when Eps uh, when Enable won the um, Oaks Daddy's Little Darling uh, went uh, over from America and TC you probably I don't know back then you were still and have been a long term fan of American racing but I want to know because I'm going to be on TVG or Fanduel over the course of the weekend how many American uh, fillies have come over to the Oaks how mortifying must it have been to have seen Kenny poor Kenny McPeak to see his filly bolts. And have to be withdrawn at the start. An absolute disaster. But it's her first bowl in um, Save the Last Dance that is running. Can you, was that was that a race that you remember well? What, did you fancy her at the time? I, I didn't fancy her, I have to say. Um, I was very much into the US racing at that point. I loved Ken McPeak. He had another filly at the time in the US that was really spectacular. Uh, and Daddy's uh, little dance, darling was uh, just below my radar. Uh, at the time. I remember her bolt into post. I remember the whole furore around what was going. And I remember the interview with Ken McPeak uh, before the race. And he looked devastated. Just imagine bringing a, a real star filly across uh, the sea, the ocean, uh, just for her to get uh, withdrawn. Yeah, gutting, but hopefully some redemption here. Yeah, absolutely. And look, she did go on um, to, to to do plenty over in America. Um, she won the American Oaks as well. She's a classy, classy mare. Um, and now she's in the hands of the Cornwall team and obviously has produced a good one as well. Um, so Ross, the pedigree's all there. Um, and, you know, obviously there are lots of lovely pedigrees, at least around the others. But I really think if you can get five to four, that's, that's, a, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty tasty to me. Yeah, we, we should just thank Daddy's Little Darling as well, though, because it was Thunder, wasn't it, that they, they, they said spooked her, if you remember. Uh, and the Jockey Club obviously enjoyed the excitement that brought so much. They, they brought their own fireworks last year, which was really, really, really went down well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Save the Last Dance is just so obvious. Um, I, I find it hard to find a hole in her. I've seen a few people say that she needs soft ground. You, you can't possibly conclude that because the dam one on not good, not good to firm, one on firm in America. Save the last dance has only been afforded the option to run on soft and heavy ground. Um, if if she'd had a full season and, and they kept her away through the summer, you might say, okay, they see something at home that says she doesn't want this 
type of ground. I completely in, agree with TC. I think she'll improve for this for this ground. Um, she's stand out for me. Uh, I mean, TC read the notes I sent him brilliantly. I, I completely agree with him. I don't think Soul. <laughs> I, I don't think Soul's sister wants this track. Um, I think she looks like she's got a bit of a quirk to her. To be honest, to be honest mm, with you, she must um, do. Yeah. Running Lion. Um, I thought it was quite interesting after the race, um, and I do it quite a bit with with my coaching work. Um, you, you call it sort of a hot debrief. You take the information straight after it's happened. You don't give them a chance to watch their round or their dressage test or whatever it might be, and then form an opinion. You try and get the opinion straight away. And straight after uh, Running Lions uh, win, Ocean Murphy said he felt that she was an absolute ten furlong filly. Um, he referenced the fact that Roaring Lion didn't stay the mile and a half, and he was very clear um, and eloquent as he is that he felt she was a 10 furlong filly now i'm sure they've looked at this and thought well she might, she might well hit the frame or even win this not fully staying um and they've they've rolled the dice but i i think your first opinion something willie mullins does a lot as well he sort of forms an opinion very early on um and he's very rarely wrong with those initial opinions so for her, I, I, I completely agree with TC. I don't think she wants this trip. Save the last dance is the obvious one. Betting at five to four in a classic would normally bring me out in a in a rash. But it's not a big field. She's not going to have a huge amount of traffic to to negotiate. I think she can probably be ridden prominently, and 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 you know Ryan Moore can be ambitious on her and, and progressive on her and positive. Um, so I think it's hers to. To, to throw away to be honest just one at a massive price and you, and you referenced the, the thousand guineas form and i and i i absolutely agree where you're coming from i don't think outside the, the first two there was much going on but watching it back i just thought carnifon really stuck at it well um she was off the bridle from a long way out and just kept on going this isn't a, a strong race she's got a fair bit to find uh pedigree wise doesn't suggest she's going to want this trip. The, the full sister and the half sister never stayed further than a mile, but she's won at a mile as, as a two-year-old. You would expect them to get at least a little bit further at three if they've done that at two. I just loved her attitude. Um, Jack Channon has, has started his career really well. He's perhaps a little bit more considered in his placement than, than his father was. Doesn't run his horses as often. I think he's doing a really good job. And at 40 to one, there was just enough from that Guineas run to to suggest that she mightn't just be a million miles behind the, the the winner. Yeah, I think he might have been a little bit surprised by it, really. I, remember I interviewed him at the beginning of the year, and he said, I'm not too sure how good she is. I don't know, but we have to go to the Guineas because she's won a listed race at the back end of last year. You've got to. It's, you, you, you can't, you're not losing anything. Um, she's not a big filly either. She's a pony size, but... Um, Cats off to them, really. She started life in uh, handicaps with a mark of 69. Um, she's only rated 99, which actually they're horses at bigger prices that are rated higher than her. Um, but I think that just goes to show the sort of context of the race. But yeah, um, good luck to them. Good luck to Jack Shannon, great guy. And um, it's going to be massively exciting for him in his first year training. Um, a bit like George Bowie, I think was his first or second year training. He had a second Mr. Angel second or something. CTC, I'm not going, okay, that's good. Um, yeah, so these, yeah, these young kids, they can do it. Um, right, Save the Last Dance, I think is a bit of a um, full full circle from all of us. Um, she's just far better than all of them, I think. Um, but I, I, I do think that if anything's going to chase her home in second, it's running line for me. I agree with Ross about Soul Sister. She's got a bit of Frankel on her. She's a little, she's clearly a little bit of a madam. I think on 
uh, the flip side of that running line seems very straightforward and roaring line himself was such a genuine um, game horse and yes he didn't he didn't quite stay the derby trip himself but I don't and I think that might be the case but I could see her running running all right and being outstayed and running about third so um that's my one two really um in what is in what we can finish there is not the most competitive of of, of oaks um but someone's going to win a classic so good luck to them and um that um leaves us with um nap naps next best um this is the floor to be open for tc because this will be your sixth straight attempt at another nap which I know you'd probably never wanted May to end, and it is the first of June, but we can keep doing this roll straight throughout the rest of the season, no pressure. Yeah, hopefully the streak continues. Uh, the nap this week's a really good price as well. I've put up two reasonably short prices in the two classics, so gone bigger prices with the nap and the next best. Uh, the nap comes in the 4.30 at Epsom on Saturday. Course and distance winners, Scampi, Chaos Chorister will make the market which should mean the selection goes off a reasonably fair price. And it's currently, I believe, around 5-1 to one at the time of talking, which is 106 on Thursday. Uh, and the selection is Max Mayhem. Now, this horse began his career in Ireland with Joseph O'Brien, ran really well in a few big field handicaps, and then switched to Kevin Phillip at the Foy stable, who does really well with these kind of types of horses, including Baffortino, uh, who had a similar route across, similar colours, well, same colours, very similar profile of horse. Now, I was at Kempton when Max Mayhem made his debut for New Connections, and he had a pretty torrid trip. He was three or four wide throughout in the Rosebury handicap, one of the best early season handicaps uh, on the flat. And it surprised me that he still had enough in the tank to still kick clear in the closing stages and hold off some nice types. It wasn't a, a bad race by any means. And the second HMS president has gone on subsequently and won. So that further boosted the form. Now, he was coming off a six-month layoff there. So you can further mark up his effort. Benoit de la Sayette rode uh, and is back on again. So, you know, that um, familiarity with the horse is a big plus. He was only given a, a four-pound ri- four rise in the handicap for the victory. However, Benoit cannot claim in this race. So he's up to seven pounds, uh, which I still think is perfectly fine. I think he's very well treated. And the main angle for sporting Max Mayhem that, you know, you might not see on paper is when I was there at Kempton that day, what was notable was every horse pulled up almost immediately after the line in that race, developed into some, something of a sprint, and they were basically knackered at the end. Uh, and at Kempton, just as you go round the bend after the, the finish line is the walk-off area towards the winner's enclosure and paddock. And virtually every horse took that left turn straight away. The two that didn't were Max Mayhem and HMS President, who completed at least another half of the track. They could, the jockeys couldn't pull them up. HMS President's gone in since, as I said, at Newmarket. And I'm hopeful that Max Mayhem can go in in the 4.30 at Epsom on Saturday. And the next best uh, is in the race before that, the 3.55 at Epsom, a horse called Torito. Hopefully Benoit de la Siette's going to have a good 35 minutes because he's on this one too. Um, Torito's only had three starts. First time up, heavily punted uh, at Newbury on debut, 11-8, to 8, but it was soft ground and that just blunted his speed. He finished well in third. It wasn't a bad effort at all, but I think that's probably why he disappointed at a short price. Then he had the winter off, came back in a really weak maiden, won that decisively. And then last time out, finished second at Sandown, beaten by a horse who's running in the derby and obviously considered quite talented. Now, all three of his starts have come on rain softened ground, but his pedigree screams fast ground will see improvement. So I'm hopeful that getting the quicker conditions at Epsom this weekend will see a big jolt of improvement from Torito. And if that's the case, and the fact that we haven't even seen his ceiling as of yet, I think he's well handicapped in the 355. Ross, um, on to you next. So much racing, lots of good handicaps as well after the early start of the derby. So what, what have you found? So I, I have uh, 
for one week, maybe one week only, uh, jump back to the jumps um, at Worcester. A horse I really like, uh, Dalkinstown. I actually tried to buy him at, at Goffs, and I've been kicking myself ever more that I wasn't just a bit braver because he's he's gone on a nice run when the Bowens bought him back for not an awful lot of money. Um, he made a comeback after 300 days off uh, two weeks ago at, at Plumpton and, and took a soft fall when um, when when tiring late on. Um, that's been the MO for, for, for Peter Bowen a fair bit coming into the summer jumping horse, having one run to get them ready and then and then putting their best foot forward next time. I think that will put him spot on for this. He was dropped £2 for that. So he's now down to a mark of a 105, which he won over course and distance off twice last year off that mark of 105. He's three from five at Worcester. Peter Bowen, 20% in the last fortnight. Sean Bowen flying at, at just about 30%. Um, their combined rate is, is phenomenal as well. So I'd be very disappointed if Dalkinstown doesn't put his best foot forward and win the 235 at his, his favourite track, Worcester. Um, and then the next best uh, comes in comes in the, the, the dash at Epson, uh, sponsored by Aston Martin. And actually, if you listen to this, I think we've got to be very grateful that we've got some decent sponsors um, at, at Epson. Um, I thought they've done a good job to get them in. And um, I, I've certainly been trying to click on everything I can on social media just to show that I'm aware that Aston Martin are, are sponsoring. And <laughs> um, of course, Look, only one only fun. one of us on this pod will be buying a, a, an Aston Martin after May, and it's certainly not me. It might well be TC <laughs> driving Cody to school in Aston Martin in a couple of years' time. Um, but the, the the next best comes in in the dash in the 320, and it's it's Mockertil, who won it in 2021. Uh, he was fourth last year. Um, he's got a nice draw in stall 11. Uh, he came out of 13 when he won it. Uh, T-Spirit last year came out of uh, 10 and, and um, Mockatill was in nine when, when finishing fourth. Um, crucially, he gets back on good ground over five furlongs for the first time since winning at Sandown off this mark. Um, last time, I thought uh, the ground was officially good to soft at, at Newmarket, but I think we can all agree it was definitely riding softer than that. It's just no good to him at all. David Egan was was very gentle with him. It looked like a run that was going to bring him forward. Um, they've got Sean D. Bowen, not to be confused with with Sean Bowen riding, who claims £7. I've watched a few of his rides. Um, he, he's not had stacks of winners, but they rode in a couple of sprints and he looked very composed. You know, he found his, found his gaps. Um, so I, I've got no issue with him. But crucially, the last two wins for Mockertill have come under £7 claimers, uh, Connor Planis and, and Harry Davis, back when he was claiming seven. Ian Williams is a very smart guy. I don't think that's a coincidence. They've gone for a £7 claimer in this race. Um, so at a track and a course that Mockertill clearly likes, um, I thought he was a big price at around about 12, 14 to 1. OK, thank you. So we've got Mockertill and Dorkingstown for... Ross, um, and that leaves it uh, over to me and oh, slightly at my, at my, I don't know if I'm uh, brave enough to take on um, TC in the 355, but we'll get to that. But my nap is uh, Highland Avenue in the 1250 at uh, Epsom, the Diamond Stakes. Um, I, I think he's going to be backed well in. It's a very weak renewal, but this horse who's came back after a long time off the track to finish third to Adaya uh, last time out. Um, that was a big, big, big run after such a long time off. Um, in between him and Adaya was Anne March, who's gone and franked that form massively over um, in France, winning a Group 1. Um, this is a horse I've always had a massive soft spot for. I remember when he absolutely bolted up at Kempton back as a three-year-old, and I thought he was the next coming. Um, but he he's just... N- 
probably had a few issues. Um, they gelded him. He didn't enjoy Maidan. Um, but Charlie Appleby has got him, got him back to a really good place, clearly, after that good run last time out. Um, and as I said, I think it's a weak enough diamond stake. So I think he's quite a um, an, an easy selection, really, um, for uh, my nap. And then my next best, as I mentioned, I'm taking on TC in the 355 um, at Epsom. And I've got Harry Davis. So Harry Davis takes on Benoit. Um, but Harry Davis can claim the three. So, um, yeah, take that, TC. And uh, he's on board Fox Journey uh, for Sir Michael Stout, um, son of Roaring Lion, uh, made a very impressive start to his handicap life of the mark of 76 at Newmarket at the beginning of May. Um, the handicapper has taken a big view on that. He's gone up nine pounds, but that was a very impressive um, win, really. Um, and I think that coming into this, He's slightly similar enough to um, TC's selection that he's he's relatively unexposed still, and I still think that rating of eighty five is pretty is is a pretty nice mark uh, for a race of this nature. So um, let's uh, take each other on and see how we do. Um, we've got a variety of selections for the Derby, um, and we're all pretty hot on the same one. Say the last dance in the oak. So. Best of luck to everyone. Um, TC, let's see if this, these naps can keep rolling. Um, but um, we uh, we hope that everyone has a great weekend. A reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by betting £10. T's and C's always um, apply. And we are getting closer now to Royal Ascot as well after this. And um, that'll be the next big one that we've got to think about. And we've got um, a special Royal Ascot preview that we'll be recording. So make sure you subscribe to whatever podcast channel you listen to. And um, you can also get us on the YouTube channel as well and there's plenty of other content from our ambassadors which include george bowie thanks ross thanks to tc and we'll see you next week